Ilhan Omar goes on a rant when asked about FGM. Robert Mueller goes before Congress. And Cory Booker can't contain his toxic masculinity. I'm Aaron Bronson, and this is The Aaron Bronson Show. Welcome back, everybody. Thank you for joining me again. We've got a few things to go over today. Uh, obviously, just things are crazy and uh, double standard definitely never seems like it's ever going to be a thing of the past. So we're going to go ahead and get started this morning uh, with Ilhan Omar. She was asked by an interviewer at the Muslim Educational Panel of Muslim Collective for Equitable Democracy Conference. That's definitely a mouthful. And she was asked if she would condemn female genital mutilation or FGM. Ilhan responded by actually, she just went on a rant. She never even answered the question. She just went off. Uh, Will you be able to make a statement against FGM? Because that's an issue um, in Detroit. It would be really powerful if the two Muslim congresswomen, yourself and Rashida, would make a statement on this issue. Your second question is an appalling question because I I always feel like there are bills that we vote on, um, bills we sponsor, um, many statements we put out, and then we're in... um, in a panel like this, and the question is posed, could you and Rashida do this? And it's like, how often should I make a schedule? Like, does this need to be on repeat every five minutes? Should I be like, so today I forgot to condemn Al-Qaeda. So here's the Al-Qaeda one. Today I forgot to condemn FGM, so here it goes. Today I forgot to condemn Hamas, so here it goes. Today I forgot, you know what I mean? It is... Um, a very frustrating question. It comes up. You can look at my record. I voted for bills um, doing exactly what you're uh, asking me to do. I have put out statements upon statements. There's a bill in in Congress. There's a resolution that I am the co-author of that I voted out of the Foreign Affairs Committee. And so I am, I think, quite disgusted, really, to be honest, that as Muslim legislators, we are constantly being asked to waste our time uh, speaking to um, issues that other people are not asked to speak to because the assumption exists is that we somehow support and are for, right? You know, the, there is an assumption. So I want to make sure that the next time someone is in an audience and is looking at me and Rashida and Abdul and Sam, that they ask us the proper questions that they will probably ask any member of Congress or any legislator or any politician and would not come with an accusation that we might support something that is so abhorrent, so offensive, so evil, so vile. Let me just start off by saying that, you know, maybe, yes, we should make the schedule. To be honest, she needs to answer the questions truthfully. 
you know, she either needs to completely condemn these organizations as foul acts or she needs to say she supports them. One of the two. Either she needs to condemn them and just say, no, I don't agree with anything that they're saying, anything that they're doing, any of their ideologies, nothing like that. Or she just needs to be completely truthful with her answer. If 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 her condemning them is, is her truth, then okay. Then she's saying it. But the thing is, is that she has to keep changing her answers and has to come up with all of these different reasons why she can't give an answer. Because to be honest, she can't truthfully answer the question. And my belief is because she doesn't want to condemn these organizations. She doesn't want to condemn FGM. You know, because she probably agrees with it. So, anyways, uh, she continued to waste time with a five-minute explanation of why she shouldn't have to condemn them instead of just a five-second condemnation. It's crazy. Also, what bills has she supported or sponsored going against any of these terrorist organizations? Because in her little rant, that's what she says. She goes, well, I shouldn't have to. I can't believe that I have to always be asked this question. Or any Muslim that's in any type of service has to always be subject to these types of questions. Well, if you answered the questions, then we wouldn't have to keep asking you. But does she answer? Of course not. But she says that she supported or sponsored any of these bills going against any of the terrorist organizations. I don't see it. I don't know any of them. I've looked them up. I've tried looking them up. Nothing. She hasn't. The only thing she has done with terrorist organizations like Al-Qaeda or Hamas is talk to either good things about them or nonchalantly kind of supported what they're saying, right? So uh, there's only proof, actually, of her voting in favor of a bill against FGM, again, or female genital mutilation. And I'll get to that in a few minutes, but you know, she's been asked multiple times to condemn Hamas and Al-Qaeda. If she was intelligent, she would be wondering why people are keep asking her, but she's not. I mean, I guess, you know, she knows why people are asking, but she just still continues to refuse to answer the questions. Maybe it's because uh, she doesn't want to come against these terrorist organizations. She just doesn't want to come against them. Why? I don't know. Maybe she's got some connections, which I've heard is true. And I would not put that past her. Her and Rashida Tlaib are both, you know, starting to become like the Muslim sisterhood i guess here in the united states you could call it um but is what it is maybe it's because uh i don't know she continues to take it and use the questions as political ammunition because of what she does is she takes the questions raises them up and says hey everybody look at this me and every muslim politician and every muslim citizen is disgusted and appalled at these questions so it has nothing to do with her actually answering the question. She's just using it for her political gain. And she's trying to use that to get people to support her to say, look at how oppressed we are. Look at how many questions that we have to answer about the same subject over and over and over. When in reality, if she just answered the stinking questions, then it would probably all be over. I mean, think about it. How many times has been President Trump been asked the same question? How many times has any Republican or, you know, Democrat, for that fact, been asked the same question over and over? 
It happens all of the time. It's just part of the news cycle. It's just part of the news process. It doesn't matter if you've been asked question one or a thousand times. You should have to be able to answer it truthfully instead of using that question to grandstand on your political agenda. And that's exactly what she does. But, you know, it doesn't matter what you say. It doesn't matter uh, how much you make sense coming against her not answering the question. She never will. She's never going to answer the question truthfully. I guess I shouldn't say never. Hopefully one day she actually will answer it. But for now, I guess we're just going to have to take her political grandstanding and take it for what it is. But, you know, what she does, again, you know, she takes it and she says, you know, me and every Muslim politician and every Muslim citizen is disgusted, disgusted and appalled. You know, it's not right for us to have to answer these questions. What did you expect when you never come out against any of these organizations? Why, what do you expect? Maybe unfortunate for her and citizens like her to have to undergo constant scrutiny. But if she and Rashida Tlaib would just hurry up and condemn these groups, then they would know it also would probably blanket just about every Muslim citizen. So really, not only would she be doing her and Rashida Tlaib a favor and the news press a favor by just answering the stinking questions, she will probably be doing the Muslim citizens of these uh, of the United States some sort of service by finally coming out against something like Al Qaeda or Hamas uh, publicly. And I'm not saying that would help everybody, but I'm sure it would help a majority of people. But when you continue to uh, disregard the question, one can only think about the reasons why. You know, and she wonders why she needs to condemn these groups. Well, it's because of comments like these that Ilhan Omar said of Israel, and I quote, she prayed for Allah to waken the people and help them see the evil doings of Israel. And she referred to Israel as an apartheid uh, regime. So you say comments like that, and you continue to be an anti-Semitic representative, and you are confused when people are asking you to condemn Israel, uh, condemn Hamas, and condemn Al Qaeda. But you can just you can be you can say whatever you want, whenever you want about Israel. Okay, which is funny actually. An apartheid regime actually that system was institution institutionalized in South and Southwest Africa. Um, from 1948 to the early 1990s. Nonetheless, I mean, if you remember, Ilhan also said, speaking of 9-11, that some people did something. And it's funny because I was researching for this segment, and like the first five pages of Google, all the results keep saying Trump distorts Ilhan Omar's comments, and Trump falsely accuses Ilhan Omar, and Trump fact-checked, and Trump this, and Trump that. And all these upfront news sites are like Vox, Politico, BuzzFeed, NBC, New York Times, all the left-leaning news sources. I wonder why that is. They're just trying to help Ilhan Omar uh, be more, quote, understood. You know, it's completely misleading the American public. Even just a few days ago, 
She was asked if she support, uh, supports Al-Qaeda. And she responded, I will not dignify it with an answer because I know that every single Islamophobe, every single person who is hateful, who is driven by an ideology of othering, as this president is, rejoices in us responding to that and us defending ourselves. Why not just condemn the group and the ideology of that group? I'll tell you, well, obviously she's not going to condemn the ideology because she also practices that same ideology. Islam. You know, let's break this down. I will not dignify it with an answer because I know that every single Islamophobe, okay, so you, you're not going to dignify it with an answer. Telling people you're not going to condemn Al-Qaeda because she knows that every single Islamophobe, every single person who is hateful, so every single person that does not agree with the Islam ideology is hateful? Are you kidding me? Really? Okay, because every single Christian, apparently, is hateful to her. Every single person of any denomination, any other type of religion that does not agree with the ideology of Islam is hateful. And it's funny because that's exactly, that's exactly what Islam preaches. If you don't like Islam, then you're hateful. And guess what? Now you are the infidel. And what do they say about infidels? That they need to be rid of the world. <clears throat> okay, so who is driven by an ideology of othering, as this president is. Okay, so if you are not a Muslim, okay, then you are hateful towards Muslims, and you are also driven by an ideology of othering. And you are automatically in the same mindset as President Trump. This is not an intelligence statement. All it is is a disregard for the intelligence of the American people who can think for themselves. And to be honest, I hope a lot of them are thinking she may be uh, supporting Al-Qaeda and Hamas. Because she's saying, if you don't support, if you, if, if you make me answer this question, then you're Islamophobic and you're hateful. And you have an ideology of othering, and you want to divide. And you have the same mindset this president does. So just how it's ironic, because apparently, when we ask the question, will you condemn Hamas or Al-Qaeda, then she tries to turn it around and say, you're Islamophobic and you're hateful, and you have a whole othering ideology. Okay. So would, would that not mean that's the same thing as Islam? That's exactly what it means. Okay. It's, and, and, and she's pretty much saying that we're so hateful, we're making them defend themselves. You should defend yourself. You practice a religion, Islam, that terrorizes nations, terrorizes villages, people. Obviously, they crash into the Twin Towers here. On 9-11, and she referred to that as somebody did something. Wow. And and she cannot condemn them, really? And she tries to flip it around on the, all the people asking the questions? It's not right. It's really not right. And I'm not saying that, you know, she's not some type of a, an, an embedded terrorist or something. But I will say that it's interesting that Al-Qaeda and Hamas both 
have a Sunni, and, and, and just so you know, in Islam, there are Sunni Muslims and there are Shiite Muslims. Okay? But Al-Qaeda and Hamas both have a Sunni Islamic fundamental, uh, fundamentalism. And I don't know what kind of Muslim Omar actually is 100%, but I would venture to guess that she's also Sunni because the majority of Muslims from Somalia, where Ilhan Omar is from, is Sunni. So she knows exactly what she's doing when she doesn't answer these questions. And she's just trying to do some sort of political somersault to take away from the question and to point out her quote-unquote oppression of a Muslim living in the most free country in the modern world. I think it's I think it's more humorous than anything. And it's just why would you not condemn the group and the ideology of that group? It's because she agrees with that ideology and she agrees with that group. That's why. But to be a little comical here, whenever she tries to answer questions, this is exactly what it sounds like. Ooh, you got some pie, huh? Can I have a piece? Uh, sure. Ooh, let me have some of that Cool Whip. What'd you say? You can't have a pie without Cool Whip. Cool Whip? Cool Whip, yeah. You mean Cool Whip? Yeah, Cool Whip. Cool Whip. Cool Whip. Cool Whip. Cool Whip. You're saying it weird. Why are you putting so much emphasis on the H? What are you talking about? I'm just saying it. Cool Whip. You put Cool Whip on pie. Pie tastes better with Cool Whip. Say Whip. Whip. Now say Cool Whip. Cool Whip. Cool Whip. Cool Whip. Cool Whip. Cool Whip. All right, well... I thought that was pretty funny. She can never answer the question, so she always has to turn around on somebody else like, I know you are, but what am I? In her case, I know I am, but what are you? All right, well, uh, some more news dropped today. Well, actually, this morning, Robert Mueller went before Congress this morning uh, regarding his report, and it's nothing short of hilarious. Uh, the Democrats are more than questioning the pedestal they put Mueller on. And to be honest, they should be worried about his mental health as well. It's funny because this whole thing that was regarding has been revolving around Russia and Trump and the election. And, oh, Robert Mueller, oh, that, they were his, uh, he was their hero, the Democrats. Oh, R Mueller and, and, uh, and uh, his special counsel, they're going to get Trump. They're going to put him in his place. We're going to get him impeached and thrown out. And now they're questioning that pedestal, I guarantee you. What is it with all of these Democrats that never want to answer any tr question truthfully? First, Ilhan Omar. AOC can't figure out a way to put a sentence together, to be honest. Rashida Tlaib. Ayanna Presley. The squad. None of them can answer any question truthfully. In Mueller's case, I think it's a few things. First, I do not think he even wrote the stinking report himself. Half the time, he's trying to answer a question about his own report, and his answer is, I don't know. Seriously? If you wrote a report about something, I'm sure you would be at least faintly familiar with the work you put into it. Some background, Fusion GPS is the firm that produced the steel dossier and in the, Mueller report, in the Mueller report, Robert refers to Fusion GPS as the firm. 
So when a Republican from Ohio, Steve uh, Chabot, or Chabot, I believe, asks him when he is talking about the firm in the report that he is indeed referring <clears throat> to the G Fusion GPS, Mueller responds that he's not familiar with that. How can you not be familiar with one of the most critical aspects of your own report? Steven Crowder said this, and I quote, It's like a high school flashback when you don't read the assignment and the teachers ask you questions about it. Quote, the firm that produced steel reporting, unquote. The name of that firm was Fusion GPS. Is that correct? And you're on page 103? 103, that's correct, volume 2. When you talk about the, the firm that produced the steel reporting, uh, the name of the firm that produced that was Fusion GPS. Is that correct? Well, I, I'm not familiar uh, uh, with, uh, with that. I, well, I, let, you, let me just help you. Uh, it it I, was. I, it's, not, it's not a trick question. Right? It, it was Fusion GPS. Now, Fusion GPS produced the opposition research document wide, widely known as the Steel Dossier. And the owner of Fusion GPA was uh, someone named Glenn Simpson. Are, are you familiar with? Yeah, that's outside my purview. Okay. So he's either completely lost the ability to read, or he's just plain dumb, or he has no idea what's going on because he didn't write the report. I believe the latter, to be honest. To continue down his downward mental spiral, he also contradicts himself with what might be the most explosive wording they could have conjured up. He testifies that it is false. Now listen to this closely. He testifies that it is false that collusion is not synonymous with conspiracy. Well, of course he would say that. Because the entire special counsel is dedicated to proving that Trump was in collusion with the Russians. But if collusion is just another word or synonymous for conspiracy, then that would just about throw out every credible reason to have this investigation. The uh, our report. So, uh, yes. Is that any true? Your investigation did not establish that members of the Trump campaign conspired or coordinated with the Russian government in the election interference activity. Volume 1, page 2. Volume 1, page 173. Thank you. Yes. Yes, thank you. Although your report states collusion is not so specific offense, and you said that this morning, or a term of art in federal criminal law, conspiracy is, in the colloquial context, are collusion and conspiracy essentially synonymous terms? You're going to have to repeat that for me. Collusion is not a specific offense or a term of art in the federal criminal law. Conspiracy is, yes. in the colloquial context, Known public context, collusion, collusion and conspiracy are essentially synonymous terms, correct? No. If no, on page 180 of volume one of your report, you wrote, as defined in legal dictionaries, collusion is largely synonymous with conspiracy as that crime is set forth in the general federal conspiracy statute, 18 U.S.C. 371. Thank you me. said at your May 29th press conference and here today, you choose your words carefully. Are you sitting here today testifying something different than what your report states? Well, what I'm asking is if you can give me the citation, I can look at the citation and uh, evaluate whether it is. Accurate. Okay, let me just be clarified. You stated that you would stay within the report. I just stated your report back to you. 
And you said that collusion, collusion and conspiracy were not synonymous terms. That was your answer was no. That's correct. In that, page 180 of volume one of your report, it says, as defined in legal dictionaries, collusion is largely synonymous with conspiracy as that crime is set forth in general conspiracy statute 18 U.S.C. 371. Now, you right. said you chose your words carefully. Are you contradicting your report right now? Not when I read it. So you would change your answer to no, yes then? No. The, uh, if you look at the language. I'm reading your report, sir. It's yeah, a yes or no page, answer. Page 180. Page 180, volume one. Okay. This was from your report. Correct. And I, uh, I, I, uh, I'll leave it with the uh, report. So the report says yes, they are synonymous. Yes. Hopefully for finally, out of your own report, we can put to bed the collusion and conspiracy. Mueller loves the answer. That was outside our purview. Just his way of saying no, and almost his entire testament to Congress, which was supposedly backed by 22 months of investigation, almost two full years, and millions of dollars, his counsel never found that any American changed their vote because of the so-called Russia collusion. Given your 22 months of investigation, tens of million dollars spent, and millions of documents reviewed, did you obtain any evidence at all that any American voter changed their vote as a result of Russian's election interference? I'm not going to speak to that. You can't speak to that? Speak After 22 months of investigation, there's not any evidence in that document before us that, that any voter changed their vote because of their interference, and I'm asking you based on all the documents that, that you was, reviewed. That was outside our purview. Russian meddling was outside well, your purview? Uh, but the, the impact of that meddling was undertaken by other uh, agencies. This is all just the Democrats' pathetic attempt to have any other reason that Hillary lost the election other than the fact that the nation just didn't want her running it. So now, if you go look at headlines and see what every left-leaning news outlet is talking about, it's that Mueller said that he could charge the president with obstruction of justice after he left office. But when further questioned, if it was ethical for that to happen, he stumbles over his words and can't give a full answer. So the Democrats are hoping to win this over a hypothetical question that can't even be answered fully and correctly. Remember, with all this in theory, and even though some people are saying that Mueller would specifically charge Trump a video of proof of Mueller publicly coming out to say that has yet to happen. So again and again, the winnings of the Democrats are based on hypothetical situations. Uh, could you charge the president with a crime after he left office? Yes. You believe that he committed, you could charge the president of the United States with obstruction of justice after he left office? Yes. Uh, ethically, under the ethical standards. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm not certain because I haven't looked at the ethical standards, but the OLC opinion, opinion says that uh, the prosecutor, while he cannot bring a charge against the sitting president, nonetheless, he can continue the investigation to see if there are any uh, other uh, persons who might be drawn into the conspiracy. Again on the hot seat, Mueller was, at, was grilled, actually, by a Republican representative of Texas, John Ratcliffe, about his presumption of innocence. This whole investigation has been run off the assumption that Trump has been guilty and has not had the right of every other American that he's innocent until proven guilty. During this investigation, 
he has been guilty until proven innocent, or to be more truthful, he's been guilty and he's going to stay guilty because we will never stop looking for something to get on him. Innocence for Trump is not an option. It's been two years and they still have nothing. Hey, you said at all times the special counsel team operated under, was guided by, and followed Justice Department policies and principles. So which DOJ policy or principle sets forth a legal standard that an investigated person is not exonerated if their innocence from criminal conduct is not conclusively determined? Can you repeat the last part of that question? Yeah. Which DOJ policy or principle set forth a legal standard that an investigated person is not exonerated if their innocence from criminal conduct is not conclusively determined. Where does that language come from, Director? Where is the DOJ policy that says that? Can you, let me make it easier. Can you give me an example other than Donald Trump where the Justice Department determined that an investigated person was not exonerated because I, their I, innocence was not conclusively determined? I, I cannot, but this is a unique okay, situation. Okay, well, I, you can't. Time is short. I've got five minutes. Let's just leave it at you can't find it because I'll tell you why. It doesn't exist. The special counsel's job, nowhere does it say that you were to conclusively determine Donald Trump's innocence or that the special counsel report should determine whether or not to exonerate him. It's not in any of the documents. It's not in your appointment order. It's not in the special counsel regulations. It's not in the OLC opinions. It's not in the justice manual. And it's not in the principles of federal prosecution. Nowhere do those words appear together because respectfully, respectfully, director, it was not the special counsel's job to conclusively determine Donald Trump's innocence or to exonerate him. Because the bedrock principle of our justice system is a presumption of innocence. It exists for everyone. Everyone is entitled to it, including sitting presidents. The Democrats are doing everything that they can to get something on Trump. They're even corrupt enough to go as far as letting Mueller appoint Andrew Weissman, a top staffer and attorney in the investigation. On top of that, Weissman also handpicked other members of the investigation team. This is important, okay, because this is supposed to be a nonpartisan investigation, which is, you know, obviously already untrue from the very beginning of it. But to elaborate, Weissman attended Hillary Clinton's election night party. So talk about wanting to take down Trump. And on top of that, he also praised a DOJ, a Department of Justice official, Sally Yates, for taking pride in deliberately disobeying a direct order from President Trump. Andrew Weissman's one of your top attorneys? Yes. Did Weissman have a role in selecting other members of your team? He had some role, but not uh, a major role. Andrew Weissman attended Hillary Clinton's election night party. Did you know that before or after he came onto the team? Don't know when I found that out. On January 30th, 2017, Weissman wrote an email to Deputy Attorney General Yates stating, I am so proud and in awe regarding her disobeying a direct order from the president. Did Weissman disclose that? Emailed you before he joined the team? Yeah, I'm not going to talk about that. Is that not a conflict of interest? I'm not, a good, I'm not going to talk about that. It's extremely concerning to see all this come to fruition. I mean, just imagine if the tables were turned. Well, I believe Adam Schiff is going to be testifying uh, soon, so I will keep, keep you guys updated without the next couple of episodes. All right, so I want to mention one last thing today. And that is the testosterone just surging through Cory Booker. 
So Cory Booker appeared on Late Night with Seth Meyers and talks about he wants how he wants to punch Donald Trump in the face. Here's the clip. Be an interesting thing in this campaign going forward. Uh, you talk about civic grace and you talk about courageous empathy. Can you speak a little bit to what you mean by those ideas and also the difficulty in expressing those, in practicing those at a time I, where the opponent will likely not yeah, be using I mean, those? Look, I was running on a uh, Iowa stage, and we were so psyched, hundreds of people there. I'm about to jump up, and this guy sees me, the former tight end from Stanford University. He's a big guy. He puts his arm around me, and he goes, dude, I want you to punch Donald Trump in the face. And I stop in my tracks, and I go, dude, that's a felony, man. Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 you know, the, 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 this uh, Donald Trump is a guy who you understand he hurts you and you and my testosterone sometimes makes me want to uh, uh, feel like punching him and uh which would be bad for this elderly out of shape man that he is yeah. if i did that uh, um uh this physically physically weak specimen uh, physically weak specimen but, but but you see what i'm talking there even that that's his tactics and you don't beat a bully like him, fighting him on his tactics, on his terms, using his turf. He's the body shamer. He's the guy that shows, tries to drag people in the gutter. And I, this is a moral moment in America. Isn't that hilarious? Now, imagine, just imagine if that was anybody on the right saying that. Plus, how has not anybody come out and just completely exploded on Cory Booker for his toxic masculinity. How how has that not happened yet? I mean, we're all waiting, aren't we? Uh, the double standard is astounding. And the crowd is cheering. If you couldn't hear him, the crowd's cheering for him. Can you imagine, let's say, Ted Cruz saying that he has just so much testosterone and he just wants to punch, uh, I would have said Obama, but he's kind of in the background now, thank God. Uh, let's say Jerry Nadler. The entire left would go insane. And I can't stress that enough. Until we all hold each other to the same standard, the parties will continually be so polarized that it will eventually lead to more and more division in the nation. Personally, I mean, I think Booker could say that and he could say whatever the heck he wants. But so should Cruz if he wanted to. And the fact of the matter is that... The fight against our free speech is only one-sided, and we need to speak out and continue to fight for our right to speech. Because it's only one-sided. If t if Ted Cruz came out and said that, he would be a toxic masculine, not, but he would have toxic masculinity. They would just use that to say how he's proving everybody right, that the right-leaning politicians are all about anger and all about violence, and they just want to shut anybody down by any force. But Cory Booker, a Democrat presidential candidate, can go on national television and say he wants to punch Donald Trump in the face, and that's about all of the news that we get from it. So I'll be excited and I'll be happy to see if anybody comes out and talks about his toxic masculinity, but I doubt that's going to happen. But, all right, guys, that's all I got today. Uh, please go to iTunes and give me a review. That'll really helps to grow this podcast. I would really, really, really appreciate it if you guys did that for me. Uh, let other people know about it if you like it. You can listen to my podcast on just, just about anywhere, including Pocket Casts, 
Google Podcasts, iTunes. Uh, if you want to reach me, I'm on Twitter at Aaron Bronson One, or you can email me at the Aaron Bronson Show at gmail.com. And remember, my name is A R O N, last name B R O N S O N. So if you're looking for me on Twitter or going to email me, just remember how my first name is spelled, not two ways, okay? Uh, all right. Thank you to everybody who's listening. I really, really appreciate your support. If you want to donate, you can do that on Patreon. It's just the Aaron Bronson Show on Patreon. I would really, really appreciate that, guys. I'll use any donations or subscription money or anything like that. I'll use that to get better equipment so I can make this even better for you guys. All right. Thanks again for listening, guys. Have a great day. I will see you on Friday. Speed management. G-Force. Let's run it. My safe word will be whiskey. Sorry, Rod. What was that? Whiskey. Do you mean whiskey? What? You're saying it weird. Saying what weird? All of it. Where do you get off? I just don't get why you're saying it that way. Why I'm saying what what way? Forget it. I will. I will forget it.